Welcome to Snack Circle. I'm Jordan. And I'm Marin. Grab yourself a snack and let's hang out. This week we're going to be sharing the story all about the time that there was a shooting in our college dorm room. And we also want to talk about the importance of self-care and therapy. So just a little trigger warning on this episode, we are going to be talking about gun violence and a police-involved shooting. So if that's something you're not in the space to hear about, um, you can fast forward to the end where we're going to talk more about like self-care and therapy after going through trauma, or you can just skip this episode and come next week. But before we jump into that topic, we want to talk a little bit about what we're up to. So Marin, what have you been watching? What have you been reading? What have you been listening to? Let us know. Yes. So I have, it's fall and every fall you have to rewatch your favorite comfort show. Of course. Of course. And for me, that is Gilmore Girls. Um, and it's really weird because I feel like this year more than ever because I rewatch it every year. I yeah. I literally started watching this show when I was in the third grade, Aww. which looking back now I see third graders and I'm like, <laughs> they're so small. Aww. Like what what were we doing? But I just loved like the comedy in it. I learned so much from that show. Like I learned more about literature and history from that show than probably school like I know so many references because and I would just be like what does that mean and googling it and um because they just have so many little pop culture references yeah, and like such a classic yeah so I've been rewatching that and then I am also watching Bachelor in Paradise right now so fun um which I like a lot more than the normal Bachelor franchise yeah no definitely it's got more action I feel like yeah and I feel like the Bachelor franchise, they're really going somewhere for a while. Like, they had Caitlyn and Tasha host, like, The Bachelorettes, and, like, yeah. they had more diversity in their cast, but just, it feels like they're reverting slowly back to, like... Undoing the progress. Yeah, undoing mm-hmm. the progress. Like, the lead they picked for Bachelor, I'm just, like, not excited about. I feel like he's very vanilla, and they could, they had so many great kinds they could have cast from, like, that past season. And I'm kind of just, like... Not into it. And, like, the more I watch, the more I'm just, like, kind of disappointed by, like, their choices of, like... Like, all the women look the same. Like, mm. your size four or under. Like, there's really no representation of, like... Everybody looks like an Instagram model. Yeah, yeah. and it's, like... I see that, too. And there are Instagram models who are bigger than like a size four you know and so it's like they're just so it's like not 2022 like it's I don't know what decade it's in and but then I'm kind of like maybe I'm the problem like I need to stop watching this show and like giving Mm. it fuel to the fire Mm. but Bachelor in Paradise feels a little bit better it feels more realistic because it feels like they actually get to know each other yeah so I'm enjoying it so far we'll we'll see how this goes it's just like one of those like it's kind of like my guilty pleasure is to yeah. watch Bachelor in Paradise. So fun. So that's been going on. That's been a good little watch. What about you? Well, I have been watching well the show Reservation Dogs, which just ended season two. And I'm really, really hopeful that it will get nominated for an Emmy in the next Emmys season because it got snubbed in this Emmy season. But it's... I. Think it's the best new show on television it's so funny it's so groundbreaking and it's on hulu everyone should watch 
It's about four kids on a reservation in Oklahoma and their track of wanting to get off the reservation but also loving it and loving the people there. So that's I've been sad that that's over, but I kind of just rewatch it, especially the first season, yeah. over and over again. Um, and then I just started taking an adult ballet class on Monday night. That's so fun. Which has been so fun. I just like have been wanting to do that again, like mm-hmm. just just um, on a technical level. And I found a technique class like exclusively because I don't have any interest in performing (laughs) you don't want to do a recital no like I just want to dance and like get back to the basics and so that's been fun to like put on the leotard and like do my hair and my little bun and it's been really fun I've really been liking it do you wear point shoes no it's just the um little flat leather shoes yeah if y'all don't know Jordan was a ballerina growing up I was I was a ballerina and a competitive dancer, but I haven't danced in a studio since high school, and I haven't taken a ballet class since my freshman year of college. That's so crazy, yeah, which is like so many years ago, like what, like seven years? We said, yeah, that's so crazy. So did you just like find a studio that? Yeah, I just googled it because I didn't know if like we would have one in New Mexico, and there's one that in my town. So I love that. There's yeah. this documentary on Netflix called. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna keep it. It's like something about like the importance of play and it's narrated by Idris Alba. And it's all about like our innate desire to like play and have fun. And I had a friend who did an adult gymnastics class once and I was like, that would just be like so fun to like, because as a kid, like you have your parents, like you have to go do something. You have to like go do ballet, you have to do dance, you have to do gymnastics, you have to be in soccer. And just, I feel like guys always keep that. Yeah. A lot of women athletes keep it, but for me, I was not an athlete in right. col- or high school or college or anything like that. And so, for me, like, it's harder f- to, like, look outside, like, these are the adult hobbies I'm supposed to have, and instead, like, yeah. do something that's life-giving and fun, and yeah. Oh, yeah, it's so fun, and I feel like there's something so, like, comforting for me, because I'm, like, in charge all day. To go to a class where I'm not in charge and, like, I'm having to work and, like, do my best and someone's, like, correcting me. I don't know why I, like, want that so bad in my life. Like, I want to be a student sometimes. Like, I don't always want to be the teacher. So, it's been really fun. I really recommend. That's Like, yeah, reconnecting with your childhood passion. So I like that a lot because I was talking to a friend the other day and... It was just, like, what career should I have? And I hear that advice to, like, return back to, like, what did you want to be when you were a kid? And just, like, yeah. do that. And so that sounds fun. I have to think about what I like to do when I was a kid. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> video. No, honestly, yeah. me on YouTube. I'm, like, I don't know if I could be a mommy YouTuber, though. <laughs> be a vlogger. <laughs> no, I'm, like, that would just include me. Just, yeah. I'm, like, I don't so know if funny. I could join the mommy YouTuber clan. I have gotten into TikTok, which, like, Mm-hmm. I make TikToks for my job and like I've just never done it personally. I've been more into like Instagram reels and lately just being on TikTok for my job like I just see more of the trends and then I'm kind of like oh that's funny and I feel like TikTok is that place where you can just like be yourself and like yes. it doesn't have to be super like curated and it's like one big inside joke and so uh-huh. I have enjoyed that and it's not like like when I was doing YouTube when I was younger it was like 
sit down, have your little tripod video, have your ring light, like have a cute background, sit down, yeah. like film all your little B-roll, like do your voiceover, like edit for like five hours to post a little 20 minute video that takes like three hours to upload because I have horrible <laughs> Wi-Fi. It's like so stressful. And I just like, there's something. So maybe I'm returning back to my childhood by making my TikToks. Maybe I'm making yeah. little Marin proud. That's but. so sweet. I think you are. Anything so else that's fun. new? No, I feel like that's it. Let's get into it. Let's get yeah. into our topic. Mm. So we lived in a dorm. It was like on-campus apartments, really. Yeah. Because we had four girls, four rooms, two bathrooms, a kitchen, and a living room. Mm-hmm. They were like nice. <laughs> I loved it. No, it was really nice. And we had the back corner room on the second floor of two. There's only two floors. So we were really like back down a hallway, but it was like open hallways you open the door and you were outside because mm-hmm. it's southern new mexico yeah um and yeah we had the back corner room so our actual door you opened it and instead of seeing like the green belt green area in the middle you actually saw like a hallway that was like two sides and it was like very echoey very and dark very dark mm-hmm. and we were like the last room right mm-hmm. yeah the was- last little corner room and Horrible lighting for photos. No, not good. Do, like, had to go selfie. <laughs> no, had to take the pictures in front of the neighbor's front door. Yeah. But, um... But we loved that little room. We did. I mean, we really, really loved it. And so you were kind of on, like, one wing, mm-hmm. and I was on the other wing, because me and my, like, sweet mate, who we shared a bathroom, and then you and our other roommate shared another bathroom on, like, the opposite side of the apartment. And on this particular <laughs> night, both of our roommates that weren't us yeah were gone they both went and i they were both visiting their boyfriends yeah right? which like lived on campus just like a different room a different dorm yeah exactly yeah exactly like across the way um so it was just us and i remember i was going to bed early i was in my parenthood phase so i was like watching parenthood which is a mm-hmm. great series um but i was you know laying in bed on my laptop as you do it was early. It was only like 10 o'clock. Yeah, it was not that late because I hadn't even gone to bed. Like, I was still yeah. up. And I remember hearing yelling. Mm-hmm. And like we were saying, there's kind of that green space in the middle of our... With grass. With grass. And there was a lot of football players who lived in our dorm. And... They would play. Yeah. Football. Yeah. You've been to college, you know, like people just are up at all hours of the night. And there is a lot of yelling. No. <laughs> yes. And so I kind of like hear yelling... And I am like, oh, the football players are out there, like, throwing the ball. And then I, like, keep hearing yelling, and I pause my show, and I hear... I have chills. No, like, I'm literally... (laughs) I hear... Like, I'm literally about to... (laughs) Why are we laughing? (laughs) so crazy. So I pause my video, and I... I just hear, I have a gun, I'm gonna shoot you. And it was so loud and so clear it literally sounded like it was outside of our dorm room yeah like our door and I remember did you come no. I came in I think I came in was banging on your door and so like I stumbled out of my room and I had mm-hmm. my phone and this is where Siri is our lifesaver because I couldn't like navigate my phone because I was so shook I literally just like asked Siri to call Reagan who was our RA who lived on the bottom floor yeah. And she's also our sorority sister and just friend. 
And um, I was like, Siri, call Reagan. And Reagan answers the phone. I'm like, Reagan, there's someone, they have a gun, they're yelling, they're saying they're going to shoot us. Like, um, and she was like, okay, I'm going to call campus police right now. Mm-hmm. And I think like we met in the middle as I was yeah, like we calling were, like, her. running in the kitchen. And then we went to the door first, right? Because we were so confused. We wanted to lock the door. Because yeah. it literally sounded like he was out. It and sounded honestly, like... we never locked the door. No. Like, <laughs> until this incident. No, we... lock your doors. Yeah, that was not good. We trusted everyone. And we were we were taking turns looking out the peephole. And we were at the door at the peephole when the first shot came, when the gun fired. And, mm-hmm. like, we ran, I mean, we literally fight or flight sprinted to my room yeah and closed the door and locked it and climbed into the closet yeah because your room was like the furthest from the door yeah and this was during a time like um the 2016 election was that 2016 yeah trump and trump um, had just become president Mm -hmm. and so it was a very tumultuous time yes. in the country people were very upset either way like mm-hmm. i'm not trying to be political but it's literally like things were very on edge there was a lot of violence happening there was a lot of rioting there was people mm-hmm. were just like on edge it was very hard time and so i really thought because he walked we saw someone walk past our door and then that's when we saw the gun go off mm-hmm and so we were like, I, in my mind, I was like, he is going door to door, opening the door, killing and people. And people. Because that mm-hmm. was what was happening. That's what happened. Yeah. Like, and also, someone was screaming at that point. Yes. Which, and we didn't know who was screaming. Which yes. that, we'll, we'll address who was screaming later. But somebody at that point was screaming. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, oh. And also, the... It was so scary because we're in our room, but then also we know everybody that lives there. All our friends lived there. Yeah. So we're like thinking that they're just going around. So we run to the closet. The closet didn't even have a door. It had a curtain. (laughs) We pull the curtain. We're like sitting in my dirty clothes hamper and call 911 like right away. And she was like, no, we like, we know. Like they were like, we're on the, we're coming. And then we got a text from like the emergency report that said there was an active shooter (gasps) i forgot about that and then that's when everybody started freaking out because they sent that to everyone at nmsu i remember before that text was sent though you were on the phone with 911 which like you have the sweetest little voice and you're just like hello there's a shooter at her and like your tiny little voice and i remember looking across and like seeing like all of your photos on your wall and yeah. I was like, this is the last thing I see before I die. Like, all these so photos scary. of, like, our friends and, like... Because also, I think, like, we're literally the school shooting generation. Like, yeah. I feel like we're... I mean, our generation is the first generation that's ever, like, routinely gone to school and been like, well, this could be it every yeah. day. So, yeah. like, you know, you hear a gun and you're at school and you're like, well, this is it, you know? Yeah, like, it's gonna... We've always, we've always been preparing for it. This mm-hmm. is our... This is our school shooting. Yeah, like, know? oh, it's my time now. Like, exactly. Oh, it's going to happen at some point. It's me now. And mm-hmm. so scary. I mean, the scariest moment of our lives. And then, so they said, you know, we're on the scene and we hear the screaming. And then do you remember banging at our door? <gasps> yes. And our best friend, our mutual best friend, who was also in our sorority sister, had... Heather. Was banging... <laughs> Heather. Heather. Was banging on the door because the problem was... The gunshot had rang out and 
in our hallway, which echoed. So no one knew where it came from. So everybody was just running because it sounded like it came from everywhere. Mm -hmm. So she thought it was right outside her door. So she was running to get away from what she thought was where it came from. But we knew it was right out our door door because Mm -hmm. you saw it. You saw the guy. And so she runs to our door and she sees the guy who was shot. I feel like it's important to know, like, in this moment, we, like, truly still thought there's, like, a man running around with a gun shooting. And everyone did because people were running out of their rooms with, like, knives. Like, Heather saw people jumping over the fence to get out. Like, their second story Mm -hmm. railing. Yeah, because everyone was frantic. Like, it's literally your worst-case scenario. You're stuck, you know, in our gated place. Right. With a bunch of other 19-year-olds. And so Heather comes in our room. We still just hear, like, this man just screaming and yelling. Like, I think it just was stuck in our ears for days after. Mm-hmm. Like, we could barely sleep because all we heard in our head was just this man, like, yell. I never heard someone yelling in pain like that. No. And, um, and so Heather comes in and, like, we're all together. And... I remember before that emergency response, though, like, I texted our other roommate who was with her boyfriend, and I was like, do not come home. Like, shots fired. I literally said, shots have been fired. And she thought I was joking. Like, shots fired. Like, someone's being roasted. Like, and she was like, haha. And I was like, this isn't an effing joke. Like, I literally texted out, like, this isn't, like, in all caps, this isn't an effing joke. Do not come to our dorm because we were so scared they were both gonna come home because they were supposed to both come home Mm -hmm. later so we were like god forbid they're just walking and i mean that could have happened yeah just so scary like they could have been trying to come home at any time so it, it was a madhouse it was crazy everyone was just running around um so then we When's the point where we figured out what happened? Because at some point we went to the first floor where Reagan's room was. Yeah, I think... Did Reagan come get us? Or did we I call think her? she called us. Okay. And she told us what had happened. Because the problem was it, had hap- it really had happened right out of our room. Mm-hmm. And so there was a man laying on the ground bleeding out in front of our in bedroom front door of the, yeah where we lived so that was traumatic and we all know we didn't sit there none of us no. sat there um and so what had really happened so what reagan told us reagan called us and she came and got us because like the scene was safe and there was like police tape up um the man was i think was still laying there yelling but she had told us that it was actually a police involved shooting mm-hmm. and that the man we saw walk past our door was a police officer mm-hmm. and he was the one who had fired two shots in the man's leg to disarm him mm-hmm. because essentially there was this man who was drunk who came home to his roommate and they got in a fight of some sort and he said i have a gun i'm gonna shoot you and literally had a gun you're not allowed to have a gun on, on campus. campus um yeah crook even in Las Cruces, crucial rule, do not have a gun on campus. Um, and so the roommate was, like, running for his life, like, knocking on every single door. Trying to get in. Trying to get in because he left his phone in his room, and he was just trying to get to someone to say, like, my roommate has a gun. I'm scared. I don't know what he's going to do. He's drunk. And that's when the roommate was yelling, I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to shoot you. And I think, I don't know his motive, 
I don't know if he was yelling at his roommate, trying to find his roommate, or if he was just, like, belligerent and just yelling that he was going to shoot people. And he was walking the hallways, so he did walk past our door. Mm-hmm. But then the man we did see was the police officer, because he had been... Someone had already, I guess, the roommate yeah. called 911. And so... um. Wait, did we hear drop your gun or do not shoot? I feel like we did hear that. Yeah, no, that's because we were at the door listening because we didn't know if that was real, if someone yeah. had a gun or if someone was just being right. stupid. And then, yeah, it was something like drop your gun or put it down or something because mm-hmm. that's the problem is the the man with the gun was not and putting, he was putting it, it down. He was officer. putting it at the officer. And the, so the officer shot him and twice. The, mm-hmm in the leg and then he obviously was screaming but it was just a, a mess at that point because yeah. it the echo it echoed yeah. nobody knew the police didn't like alert us that that we right. were okay uh-huh. um until we had already until the entire dorm was in chaos yeah i guess it was reagan who i guess they told the ras the story mm-hmm. and then the ras were allowed to clear people but it's so hard to I mean, we're telling the story, and it's, like, taking us 10 minutes to explain it, but it probably happened in, like, a five-minute span. Like, it happened all so fast. Went to our sorority house and, like, slept in the living room, and I remember we all couldn't sleep, and so we were just, like, watching Food Network all night, (laughs) because my big Aaron was like, this is what we watch when we want to be happy. We watch Food Network, and I'm like, okay, I will watch Emerald Cook. Like, this is what we will be doing the rest of the night. And the next day, the police body cam footage was released and that was like I think for me that was like so good to see like the actual events of what happened because everything was still just like such a mystery it felt so scary like Mm -hmm. and to know like I guess to like see the actual occurrence and to know like oh that was the police officer that walked by our door and like he got there yeah I think that kind of gave me some closure that those gunshots happened because he was disarming someone who could have done something very, very bad to people instead mm-hmm. of someone literally being shot because they're being killed by yeah. this man who Which is what had that thought. motive. Mm-hmm. So I think that gave me some peace, but... Yeah, but we were traumatized. I mean, because they they crime scene taped our hallway to our room. Yeah. Like, we had to go under the crime scene tape for a while. Yeah. It was very traumatic we didn't really go to class i just felt like we we barely slept we were so distracted we were like walking on eggshells around campus like and we finally you like know of like free therapy resources when you're in college like Mm -hmm. you know every student advocacy group talks about it but you're like oh i guess i should go to like garcia annex and like talk to the counselor yeah and I remember we went together and we kind of told her our story and she said to us like you thought you were gonna die and like just for someone to say that and be like yeah like just to validate how we felt and be like no in that moment I literally thought I was about to die yeah because it felt like it was for us like particularly traumatic because it had all happened right outside our room and so I Mm -hmm. feel like for us we we really had an idea of, like, oh, yeah, someone really did just get shot. Like, everyone else, it was just, like, chaos. And we were, like, stuck. We couldn't Mm -hmm. run. We were really, like, cowered in the corner. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Which I do feel like was safer than jumping out of our dorm room. Yeah, I'm like not sure and trying where to escape. Was going, but... I mean, we were like locked in. We had a lock on your door. I feel like. Yeah. I feel like we, we uh, knew what we needed to do. Yeah, we, uh, we we really listened to all those school shooting advice. We sure did. Um, but yeah, I think that was like it was like validating to hear that, but then also it was like sobering because we were like, oh shoot, yeah. That's so terrifying. Like, yeah. That we, we did think we were going to die. Yeah. So, I think after that, like, I mean, honestly, that just led, there were so many things after that that happened that I, like, looking back, I can't remember all the different things. Like, I feel like there was, like, one thing after another after that incident occurred that just felt like sophomore year was so hard. Also, the year that 13 Reasons Why came out, and we all watched it, and that was so yeah. traumatic. That, like, Just really was tough. Not taking care of ourselves no. mentally. And I feel like I had some issues with, like, some really scary incidents with, like, friends being injured, and, like, just every... Life felt very fragile. Mm-hmm. And I was three hours from home, and I remember just, like, missing my family, and so... It just felt like I'm in such an unsafe environment and I'm just, like, missing my family. And, like, I just remember my mental health really started to struggle because, like, I've always dealt with really bad anxiety and um, especially, like, surrounding death. Like, my dad passed away when I was 12 and so there's always just, like, been that. And for three years he had cancer before that. So it's just, like, waiting. And he was terminally ill. So just, like, waiting for that and like being anxious for that it's kind of like I created this habit of being anxious because if I thought I worried about something it like wouldn't happen yeah and just like you know I'm a Christian and so you have this faith that like Jesus saved you and like he has heaven waiting for us and like I believe all those things but like it doesn't I think in the church we just kind of want to tell people like well, Jesus loves you and he's here for you and just, like, memory scripture and, like, yes, do that and, like, that those resources have helped me. But I think there's also another side to it of, like, when you have anxiety that's, like, so paralyzing, mm-hmm. you need other resources to, like, outside of, you know, your faith and praying. Like, sometimes people do need to be on medication or you need to learn those better self-care strategies of, like, you know you will be triggered if you listen to this or watch this or yeah engage in those type of conversations and like protecting yourself and your boundaries and like you know feeding yourself those good things that like will help you exactly and like just the importance of therapy like just Mm -hmm. talk therapy even because I think about that therapist like I'd never seen a therapist before yeah that and the way that she phrased like, something that we both knew, like, mm-hmm. intrinsically we knew we were scared, like, the reason we were so scared is because we thought we were going to die, mm-hmm. but, like, that didn't occur to me. You yeah. know, the next day, I tried to go to class. Like, I went to, like, half of my Spanish class and then left because yeah. my anxiety was so high, and I was like, what's wrong with me? Like, yeah. like I'm fine. We're fine. Nothing happened to mm-hmm. us, but I think after after we went and saw her, it's like, oh, yeah, like, they're... Sometimes you do just need someone to tell you, like, mm-hmm. to look at your situation and be like, girl, girl, what? <laughs> it's yeah. okay. Like, it's okay that you're hurting, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, instead of just dismissing your own feelings yeah, and saying... Yeah, so easy to do that. Like, shaming yourself for mm-hmm. having those feelings. Um, and 
I wanted to do an episode about postpartum depression and anxiety because I feel like that's yeah. just like a whole topic and I think it could help a lot of people because so many women go through it but I saw a therapist when I was pregnant with my son like my, my first son and I just like really wanted to be in a good mental space to go into postpartum and like to become a mom and so I started seeing a therapist at like 30 weeks and I just felt like there were so many things that like were weighing heavy on me just kind of like how sophomore year was it was like one thing after another and I kind of just like kept busy and like kept suppressing it and being like oh I'm great and then when I had that like quiet alone time it would just like all come flooding to me and I found myself doing that again when I was pregnant like you're just busy and you're like oh I'm gonna get the baby's room ready or I'm gonna do this or that and then um when you like have those quiet moments you're like oh everything's coming back and so just like have a therapist who puts words to how you're feeling and like Mm -hmm. validates you is so important and I mean there are so many different styles of therapy and I'm not a therapist I don't know the different things but I do know like those people have helped me so much to just like tell them my story and for them to ask questions and for us to like they have a way of just being like very factual with you and like you can get Mm -hmm. very emotional in your head and like kind of make up stories or like dismiss yourself and they're just like this is what you are telling me and it's Mm -hmm. like oh yes that is what happened you know yeah definitely yeah and we we do we like gaslight ourselves into like (laughs) that wasn't that bad or like yeah I'm fine I'm fine and like why we like don't need to gaslight like other people are gonna gaslight us no yeah let other people do it (laughs) yeah exactly we should like acknowledge our feelings and like be our biggest like advocates I guess in a way and like not be like be kind to ourselves and say yeah that was a really scary situation and I know I didn't die but I felt like I was and that was scary for me (laughs) and it was like the closest we'd probably ever felt to to that and so what little self-care things did you do like during that time or like that you've done in hard times since then I think well I know I always rely really heavily on my community Mm mm-hmm Um, I'm really lucky to have a lot of good friends who are, like, my forever friends, like, Mm -hmm. my soulmates, and I feel like I rely really heavily on them, um, and then, like, I'm healthiest when I'm processing things, like, alone, Mm -hmm. with the Lord, Mm -hmm. um, and so I think I like a lot of it took me a long time to process because in college you're never alone no (laughs) you're never alone and um so I think yeah it took a long time to process because of the season we were in and like Mm -hmm. you were saying so much was compounding so I feel like for like any young people like that's maybe something I wish we would have been more cognizant of when we were in college is like how are we like how's our Mm -hmm. mental health because like like yeah we were I'm like oh this is so fun but at the end of the day like we were going through a lot you Mm -hmm. go through a lot in college like yeah there's a lot of things that change and like you're really trying to figure out who you are and you're like failing (laughs) and like succeeding and then failing and succeeding and right and so I feel like yeah you have to check in with yourself and like Mm -hmm. it's important to have friends that know you outside of college too Mm -hmm. I feel like if you have like childhood friends or your friends from high school like 
hang on to those people because mm-hmm. like they know who you are like at your core yeah and so I think that helped me is just like having my my people that really knew me mm-hmm. and kind of could pull me out of like dark places or places where I had no business being yeah yeah I agree and I think that self-care like is probably a newer term like I never like I felt like it kind of started as a joke like oh self-care like treat yourself like parks Parks and and rec Rec. (laughs) like they really put it out there for us and I think self-care doesn't have to look like spending a lot of money or like doing a facial or like it could going to the spa (laughs) yeah like it literally getting like a body massage but those can be those things and that's like a really fun treat but it can also be like for me I love going on a walk and putting in my headphones and like yeah and that's so different for me than like going on a walk with a friend and talking and for a long time I felt guilty like I, you know, I go on a lot of walks with my son and, like, push him in the stroller. And for a long time, I was like, oh, I need to, like, be inviting people to go on walks. Or, like, I need to go on walks with, like, a big group of people. I need to, like, be social. Or even, like, I need to invite my husband to go on these walks. And, like, we need to talk and be intentional and, like, have that cute family time. And I realized that that's, like, not self-care for me. That's not life. That's not what you need. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's not what I truly need. It just feels like something I have to do. Mm -hmm. And again, it's kind of like shaming yourself into being the person you think you're supposed to be. Instead of like, for me, I just like like that little quiet time of like listening to a podcast or listening to some music or just being alone in nature and just alone with my thoughts and like that quiet and stillness. And yeah even though listening to a podcast is like, no, but in a way it helps me like process things. Like if I'm listening to like other people's stories or it kind of like helps me be like, how do I feel about those topics? And like go inward a bit. And I just realize it's something so little like that or like taking an extra long hot shower when my back hurts or laying on like my little locust mat that pokes me a little bit. Like those little things like that are, um, like, I have a dry brush, and, like, after a shower, if I, like, do a dry brush, I'm, like, I am treating myself, like... It's so nice. And you, like, put Just oil like on your skin, things. and you're, like, yeah. oh, I feel so fresh and so clean. Like, do my little clean girl routine. Or, like, making like, your coffee every morning in, like, a fun, cute cup, like... Yeah. And just, like, you know, doing those extra little things that make you feel special. It's, like, what you would do for someone to show them you love them, but you do it for yourself. For yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, learning that that's not selfish, but it's, like, necessary. We have to do those things. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. Aww. So go treat yourself. Yeah, go treat yourself. Go do some self-care. And uh, I hope you're never in a traumatic situation, but, uh... Most likely we all, we all yeah, will be. You probably will. We all, we all will go through it, so... so get prepared. It's, it's better to learn now, like... Yeah, and I think the sooner you start, like, becoming introspective, like, figuring out what works for you, the better you are for the rest of your life. Like, you know, you can take care of yourself Mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. Like, doing an adult ballet class. So fun. That can be your self-care. Yeah. Just being a student for an hour a day. someone else tell you A mental break. Exactly. Cool. Well, next week... We're going to talk about... 
teaching in a pandemic and how public education has changed over the last few years. Yeah, we're going to hear a bit about Jordan's story and just the things that she learned and how she grew during that time and her students and how we can better support teachers during this time because although it is 2022 and COVID is dying, <laughs> is a, you know, everything is a escalating down a bit. Like we still have, we still got problems. We still got problems <laughs> with education. So sure do. Jordan's going to be sharing her story and I'm just going to be asking her more questions about that. So thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next week on Tuesday. And of course, screenshot this and share it on your stories and tag Snack Circle Pod for a Starbucks treat. We pick one per week. Bye. Bye.